Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a documentary filmmaker's journey. I am not your host, Jason Rugg. I am your documentary filmmaker, Christian Taylor. And I am here with our head of business operations, Ben Fythen. Hey, Ben, how are you? Hey, Christian, how's it going? Good. Thanks so much for being with us here today. We're kind of short on hosts. I asked you at the last minute, so thanks for jumping in. Oh, always glad to be here. You caught me at like the perfect time on a Friday. Like everything's winding down and I'm just kind of hanging out in my little home office. So all right, well, let's just hang out together and talk about documentary first. Let's do it. Um, all right. So everybody, I did want to give you an update of kind of what's going on with the podcast. So as of right now, you can see that Jason Rugg is not here. Jason took the week off. You heard before we did lose our new producer and co-host, Robbie Davis. So we did say goodbye to Robbie. And so we've been in this like um reevaluation of the podcast time, as well as just about anything else. We've been looking at our whole company, trying to figure out how we can kickstart some excitement and um, you know get some of our new projects rolling. It has been um, a challenging, I would say, six months for me personally. Many of you who are following along on the podcast have known, you know, I lost a brother-in-law and there's just been a lot of other family stuff. I did also just get um, out of a foot surgery. So for the last two weeks, I've been laid up. Today, I got my stitches out and I was able to come to my basement. So that's why we're recording today. Um, but during this two weeks where we've really been sort of doing some soul searching and figuring out what direction we wanted to go in, um, Ben and I have been talking a lot about the future of our company. And so I wanted Ben to be on here today to sort of give us a vision of, of where we're headed. Um, and the podcast is going to be a central part of that, but we are adding other sort of streams of creative content that we're putting out there. And I just wanted to talk you to talk Ben about your vision for this company because you're like I said earlier today we're on the Ben Python train and this train is starting to barrel down the track so talk to me about the vision that you have set for 2023 so you know the the vision for 2023 and documentary first it's it's a little bit more than I think what you want me to talk on and <laughs> we kind of have to hit on the history of of who I am I think a little Let's bit more I know I know I've been pitched on this podcast in probably a hundred different ways in a hundred different places. And now people are getting to put a face to the, the That's name. True. So I thought, you know, let's, let's give them some, some time here to learn a little Adjust bit more to who about you the, are. Uh, All right, the guy well, let me that's back. been helping Christian. <laughs> yeah. Let me back up a little bit. Okay. So Ben, hi, who are you and how did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Christian. Um, so, you know, there's, there's no short answer to, to that. Um, and the best way is just to give you the narrative. So in 2019, I was finishing up as the Brigade Air Defense Officer for the 3rd Brigade Combat Team, 101st Airborne Division, which keep that in mind, that plays a big part in the story. And so I had you know, transitioned to the civilian sector. I joined the National Guard to continue my service. Um, you know, I was working for a, a large company in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, and if you thought about what happened at the end of 2019 when I left the service and then technically still joined the service, and then you think, well, what happened six months later? COVID. Uh, and as being a, a pretty seasoned officer now in the National Guard that had just left active duty, uh, the Indiana National Guard looked at it and said, hey, you want to help us run the COVID-19 uh, response for the state of Indiana? And I was like, well, sure, I guess I don't have a choice here. <laughs> and, and so I got sucked into you know COVID-19 operations for the state of Indiana. For pretty much the entirety of 2020 um and at the end of 2020 
funny, you know, my wife and I kind of had this, this moment where we said, do we stay here in Indiana or do we just kind of go home and, and return to our hometown and be close to friends and family? Because like many, we weren't allowed to see them or able to see them for almost a year. And so we did. And I, I think that's, you know, part of the, the rendezvous, the first part of the rendezvous with destiny. Which is the uh, 101st Airborne's, I don't know, logo, motto, whatever you want to say. Yeah, it's it's one of the good models of the Screaming Eagles. Also, uh, the other one is, if you want it done, ask the 101. I love that one. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, you know, my wife and I, we, we returned home. And shortly thereafter, uh, I connected with Hunter Taylor on LinkedIn as I was, you know, pursuing new opportunities and figuring out what I want to do now that we're home. And, you know, lo and behold, we got talking about more than just what he was looking for and just help doing, you know, HR stuff and simple business things. He's like, Hey, I want to, I want to talk to you about you apply helping for the head of HR. Like, yeah. You... Yeah. Cause I, I, I'm a credentialed HR professional as well. I have the the ultimate toolkit. Um, and so I, you know, that's exactly what I applied for. And, you know, Hunter and I get to talking more and more, uh, Christian and Hunter invite me out to brunch and it was during that conversation on what could be done to make then Normandy Project and the Girl Who Are Freedom much more that Hunter got that call uh, to start his new journey in life. And I know, Christian, you were crying uh, because I could see it in your face. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was like, oh, that's fine. I'll help you. And that's literally, I think, how the conversation went down because I'm very real um, and blunt about things at times. So I was like, yeah, I'll help you. Sure. I'll, I'll go on this journey with you. And so, you know, as, as time went on and I have continued my own, you know, full-time um, employment, I have been here working with Christian on on not only the Girl Who Are Freedom, but just the documentary first company as a whole, uh, in addition to this podcast. And so, you know, as Christian said, I've I've helped her navigate the, the ins and outs of her um, contracts with Virgil Films and... Um, FFS and that whole, you know, debacle. I think that's where you mentioned my name the most. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, the, the quick, um, hot and heavy history, even though that was not a quick explanation whatsoever of, of me and how I've kind of been working with you these past couple of years. Yeah. But I just think, um, I love it that you summarized all of that because you have been an, an invaluable member of this team. And it's interesting because you've worn so many different hats. I mean, you you came in as supposed to be head of HR and quickly Hunter's like, you're not HR. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be at the brains of whatever we're doing here. And that's what's so incredible about you, Ben. You have this vast toolkit of of skills that you've learned through the military, but also through, um, you know, your civilian work. I mean, you've worked at, I think, um, DeWalt, and it wasn't DeWalt. Where where were you first? Black and Decker. Black and Decker. I knew it was one yep. of those. I did national Black. accounts for for Stanley Black and Decker. I was a director at a startup. Um, and I'm going to keep the current employer a, a little quiet because it's only fun when people look me up on LinkedIn and actually look at that stack of, of crazy certifications and things go, how did Christian find him? Yeah, exactly. And what in the heck are you doing here? But I am so glad that you are because um, I love your heart for service. Uh, and, you know, that kind of brings us full circle now to to what we've started this week. And um, really, as we were, we've we've now kind of skinny down on staff. There have been some amazing people that have been helping us all the way along and their time was up. They needed to go on. And so now we really have come to, down to 
you and I and a few other volunteers that help part-time. And we really have needed to figure out how do we um, maintain a content production machine um, with very few people. And, you know, we are still heavily focused on getting the Carenton movie done. Um, and we're working at that full speed right now. Zach Callahan and I have been working on the writing part of it. We've got a meeting with Bill Ebel, who's going to come on board next week to get some of the visual stuff and storytelling stuff started. Um, we've got our French team working on translations and other archival material that we found. We're hoping to set up new interviews in April or May with the 101st Airborne Division. So that is moving, you know, at a great pace. I hope that that clip will pick up, you know, in the next few months. Um, and we're still working on the Brave Dutch. So uh, I got had my head back in that, um, you know, this past couple of weeks, just trying to figure out how we can take those initiatives forward. Um, but we still have to have a firm foundation from which to operate in those bigger spheres. And we're struggling in finding supporters at this moment, be it on social media that are reading our content and, you know, or, you know, supporters on Patreon. And so I went to Ben and said, hey, Ben, we've got to come up with with something. And um, separately, we were both thinking the same thing, which is we need to make more Content, yep. Content. And so tell us then, based on that, you know, what some of your ideas are. You've been doing a lot of investigating of other tools that can help us streamline some of our work. Talk about us what talk to us about what you found. So again, because of who I am, you know, there's no easy answer to to anything really. It's um, but also there is an easy answer at the same time. And I know that's kind of you know hypocritical in in some senses, but um, you know, the, the truth here is that when I went through and pretty much everyone went through the, the, the post 2020 COVID world, we realized that there was a lot to be done as the world continued to open back up, but not a lot of people to help you do it. And so that was, that was the, the first one. The, the second was that because of the pandemic, a lot of people had really remove themselves from society and I hate to say that and and entered this digital world and we we saw a lot more engagement on digital platforms whether that be social media um or you know for the streaming providers they were they were crushing the theaters for a long time and theaters are coming back but you know they were able to really consume a lot of that market share um for a long time and that migration back to in-person activities is, is another one um, but then, you know, the third thing that I found is that you got to go back to your roots. You know, if you if you have an identity and you have an objective and you're doing the work to produce something that's just not necessarily valuable, right, in the sense of like monetarily, but valuable to just the world in, in something a little bit more, um, you, you got to do it, you know, and that's and that was kind of core to what the 2023 strategy would really look like it's going back to the roots of what christian taylor started and that was creating content and preserving stories with the purpose of never forgetting them right and being able to really aggregate all of that together in one place in one community that is there to not only support and consume but also just learn and that's really the most important thing is we we have a lot of stories and the world has a lot of stories that 
we can all learn from. And so why not just go right back to, you know, the beginning and, and just start there? Well, and here's the problem, though, Ben, <laughs> as we've had these conversations as a filmmaker who wants to be focused on these big picture things, you know, these documentary projects I'm so passionate about. Um, it's very difficult to focus 100 percent of these injury in um 100% of the energies in making these big projects and at the same time keep a company going. Particularly, you know, just like you said, you mentioned the pandemic. During the pandemic, people had a lot more time. And so we had people helping us because they had more time. People have a lot less time now and they do need to be making more money now because times are tighter. And so I think that's kind of why we're one of the several reasons as to why we're in this position of needing extra hands. So here we are, we're down people. Um, we want to make more content. How are we going to do that? That seems like an oxymoron. It does. And, and you know, like, like I said at the beginning of my whole little rant there, um, you, putting it bluntly, you have to do more with less. And a lot of people, because of past experiences, believe, well, to do more with less, I just need more people. But... I look at this from the perspective, and this was one of the major takeaways from, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, as we now enter this, this new age of, of business, is that computers and technology have replaced a lot of the manual processes that we used to have to do as just people and humans. And so if you take a really hard look at what your company is doing you know, documentary first in particular, and some of the things, the activities that we had going on behind the scenes that supported content creation, whether that was, you know, somebody having to log into every social media account and, and individually post and make sure that, you know, an image was tuned up and it was at the perfect resolution or a video was edited appropriately. And, and all those, you know, behind the scenes, post-production activities, it's what were we able to replace with automation. And that was one of my you know, big strategic pushes when I was, you know, working for a startup and the CEO was asking me, Ben, what do we do? I said, Steve, we got to automate. We got to automate these, these processes that used to have, you know, a person in the seat and it's just, it's more cost effective, but not even from the perspective of cost effective, it's just more effective. And it helps. When you came because to me, it, I really had a lot of reservations about right. this, particularly in the creative sphere, because, you know, our stuff is all very creative and collaborative, whether it's, you know, writing copy or, um, you know, social media posts or, um, you know, videos like you don't want to just turn out like crappy stuff. Right. Um, well, what's interesting is you came to me with several tools and you're like, Christian, these are just tools and ways to automate automate processes, they um, they will help you create faster. Um, so, you know, there are tools that can automate social media sharing pretty easily. Let's try those out and see if we can, can do that instead of having four people log into four different platforms, right? Right. And, and, and I mean, you just hit that right on the head. It's it's all those things that you just described, the research, the, the cross-posting, just the the interaction with the technology and stuff like how do you how do you replace that and for the vast majority of time really up until now someone has had to have the the technical skills and competencies to write lines and lines of code to make that happen and now 
and I think this is important for really just any filmmaker, but anyone that's looking to just do a little bit more in business, you know, we have these tools like Zapier, which are known as the low code, no code automation systems that you can just plug and play. Literally, you just log into accounts and you plug and play and you tell it what to do. And so you can use that to replace the processes that were taking time away from you, Christian, where, you know, you and Zach really should have been working on writing. Um, but instead you were doing something else. And, you know, how do we archive the conversations on Slack? Well, I could use automation to just pull those conversations on Slack and just dump them in Google Sheets. And then, hey, we have that forever. So in case technology fails, you have it. And I mean, the list goes on. I could I could talk for hours about automation. But then again, the same thing with the other activities, right? You know, you you came to me with this concern of like, hey, like with AI and and the revolution that's taking place with that, you know, how is that going to impact the creative? And I remember, you know, Christian, you told me very directly, you're like, it's going to kill us. It's going to kill every creator. It's going to destroy the creative industry. And, you know, my my opinion on that is not really because everything needs a starting point. There, there has to be a starting point to every journey. And unfortunately, or actually, I'm going to say fortunately, because there's a whole movie series about what happens when the machines rise up. Um, <laughs> or, you know, fortunately for us, we we as, as people have to have to start that that creative journey somewhere. And all those tools are just not necessarily enablers, but I like to call them force multipliers, you know, because of my military experience and terminology, they're force multipliers. So if you want something to help you find a starting point with a graphic or a thumbnail for a video, AI can support that. If you're trying to figure out where you want to start with, with research to tell a story or figure out where the faults are in your story, AI can help you do that. You know, there's, there's this platform, Christian, you and I have talked about this, and there's this company called OpenAI. Um, and for anyone that's heard of chat GPT, it's, it's a, it's a, the language software that can produce really whatever you want. And you can use it as a starting point for research in a documentary film. You can help it generate starting points for, you know, newsletters and, and all sorts of things. There's all sorts of other tools like a hit on that can do the, the starting work and the, and the foundational work for graphic design so that you can continue your ideation and your creative activities that allow you to do what you love and not have to ask people like me or, or pay people, you know, like me to do all the technical work on the back end. Yeah. You know, I, so I started playing around with chat GPT and I started playing around with copy AI. And what's interesting is you really get out whatever you put in. So if I wanted to to write some sort of headlines, or if I wanted to write an outline, if I wanted to write a blog post, I still had to create all the content. I had to create what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. And I would put it into the engine. It would give me, you know, four different choices of how to say that. I had to give it an attitude and I had to give it. And then it's just a starting point for which I can then take that context and then write what I want to write. But it helped me get over that writer's block of just like uh, looking at a blank page and not knowing where to start. Um, it checked, you know, grammar and it helped me formulate paragraphs and things like that. So I don't think that AI is going to replace the human. I think the human has to be there to do the right inputs, right, to get something Correct. back. But I also think that the more creative we are, the better the AI is. Right. Um, and I also think that, yes, AI is going to take jobs. 
There are going to people be writers that may not get a job because AI can do it. There's going to be voiceover actors that are not going to get a job because AI has gotten so good that the voiceovers can't even be, you know, known as computers anymore. That's going to happen. Um, but I definitely don't think that means it's going to be the end of my voiceover career. It's not. It's just that sometimes people will use AI and sometimes people want a real person. So, but I don't think that it means we should be afraid of AI or we should not use it. Um, I I think that you pitched it to me as a tool that we can use to in multiply, you know, it's a force multiplier. It can help us do more things more quickly. And so that's kind of that helped us launch our new thing this year. Why don't you talk about the first new thing we've launched? Yes. So because I'm so methodical based off of, you know, my my military experience um, and, and process driven, I like to put things against objectives and missions. And one of the first missions that I, I defined for Documentary First in 2023 was let's just rebuild the audience as well. Not necessarily rebuild. I shouldn't say rebuild. That's That's not correct. But grow ultimately the audience and how do we do that well we don't want the audience to just be engaging with us we want to figure out how we can be more engaging with the audience and deliver exactly what i hit on it's just more thought-provoking meaningful valuable content and so we said okay well let's let's start where a lot of things started let's start with a simple blog and you know through you know christian and i's brainstorming we were throwing all these ideas out there and i was jotting a bunch of stuff down and um, for anyone that's curious about ideation, sometimes if you jot something down enough, you might be onto something. And so we had kind of been talking about how we tell stories of service and, um, you know, what stories of service we could tell next, aligning it with like the Brave Dutch and the Carenton Project and Girl Who Are Freedom and all that. And that's where I just kind of stopped and said, well, let's just create something called stories of service and really use the research and the knowledge that we have to align our efforts with storytelling and so we you know have gone out and we continue to research and find these topics and align them with what's going on in the world today and we're putting them in a blog format on on stubs on substack which you can find you know through all of our, our social media platforms now um and we ask you to subscribe to it um because we're, we're putting a lot of content and we want it to be thoughtful and we want it to be more than just world war ii or, or normandy we want to again engage you and allow you to engage more with us because i as a, as a global war on terror you know veteran i realize that at some point i'm going to want people to tell my stories and that people are going to tell my stories but also i have to recognize that there is a you know gulf war desert storm generation out there that they're going to want to hear stuff about their their journeys the the vietnam community out there we deserve to tell their stories and and talk about their stories and 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 Especially converse about their stories at the 50 year mark which if people don't know it is the 50th year um anniversary of pulling out of vietnam that's incredible i can't even believe that but um but we put out a vietnam story today which i do hope people will read um i guess when you hear this it will have been last week but anyway <laughs> yeah right but and that's it i mean we want we want to use the Substack blog, you know, format as a as a means to start to converse with with the community and and make sure that we are delivering to everyone something that they can engage with and they can interact with. Especially, you know, now that the World War II generation is getting so much smaller, unfortunately, it's it's going to be on obviously us to continue to tell the stories. But we also have a whole community out there that 
they they also want to talk you know we're we're getting to this place too because of and i keep harping on it the pandemic is people are opening up more people want to engage people want to re-engage with society but they're struggling to find a starting point and that's also a big part of what we're doing here with substack and stories of service is we're trying to help everyone find a starting point that they can engage with that they can identify with so that they can really just be part of the community yeah, we also have a ton of content that we have never done anything with. So I have a backlog of content from veterans that I have met or stories that I've heard. And typically, whenever people come up to me with stories, I will say, um, hey, would you be willing to write a blog? And would you please, you know, write this blog? We'll help you with it. You know, you can send us pictures and we'll publish this blog so that your story won't be forgotten. I've been discovering that that's never really happening because there's this obstacle to people sitting down and writing things. Um, but now with this new tool, I can say, tell me this story and what are the details that I need to know? And Ben and I can go back and we can co quickly come up with a, a blog post based on stories that we have discovered. So I feel like there's just a, a lot less resistance to actually sharing that content now that we have, you know, different tools that can help us. Um, plus, it gives us an avenue for when I'm doing this um, documentary stories on Carenton or the Brave Dutch. Um, we already have a format where we can start sharing those stories to get people excited about the documentaries that are coming up. And we are also able to take those blog posts and turn them into little video posts, we hope. We hope we're going to put some smaller videos on social media and some maybe longer ones on YouTube um, just to get people familiar and hungry with the greater content that's coming, which is the documentary films that we're working on. So um, hopefully you guys will, who are listening, will be excited about this new content. We really would um, ask you to consider joining us on Patreon. We are going to start delivering even more content to Patreon than anybody else will get. So the majority of our great stuff is going to be in the Patreon community. So, um, you know, there's some $5, $10, $25 levels right now on Patreon. Um, we're about to retool the tiers and retool the perks there. Um, but we're building this little creator community where we want the people on Patreon to really engage with us to help us make these, um, these projects. So um, if you haven't supported us yet on Patreon, this is a great time to start. Um, we would love to um, have some one-on-one -on -one interaction with you inside that community. Um, and we'd love to have you with us from the from the ground up as we go to do these next, you know, big projects this year. So, Ben, thank you very much for setting the course for us this year. I'm excited to see where, where we're going to go. Um, before we wrap up this podcast, though, it is now time for DocuDejaVu. Yeah, and I'm excited to do this because I've heard a lot about them and some people have told some, you know, great stories about some great movies. So I, I get to throw my hat in the ring for once. You do, <laughs> and you're up first. So, and what's hysterical about it is it's technically not a documentary, uh -oh. uh, the, the film that I want to recommend, but it, it it stems from, you know, again, some, some incredible storytelling. So I... You know, being a, being a service member and, and the former service member, um, I've always looked to history and and what's happened in the past to help guide me in the future. And you know, very recently, the um, the the movie adaptation of All Quiet on the Western Front was redone and put on Netflix with not only the 
um, English, you know, voiceover, but also in kind of the authentic German as well. And, you know, having been forced to read that story in, in high school all those years ago, and I think I saw one of the original adaptations of, of, of the story. Um, what was that from like the, the, the way, way later than the the seventies, but I was like very much so interested to see what the modern storyteller and technology could produce in regards to that in that, in that story and all quiet in the Western front, because it is a very compelling story. And it, it really, it, it resonated with me because I was a young service member that went overseas to, to fight for my country. And, um, you know, being able to kind of see that from the perspective of, of the young service member there in that story, I was like, oh, this is, this is me. This is me a little bit. And it resonated with me. And I watched it in English because, you know, unfortunately I don't speak German. Um, but then I thought, you know, what? let's watch it in German with the English subtitles. And it was even better the second time hmm. because it adds a little bit more authenticity to it. And because of the advancements in, you know, post-production and just filmmaking technology, the visuals were, in my opinion, stunning. I know there's a, probably a bunch of people out there that are like, oh, Ben, I don't agree with you. Well, I liked it. So I recommend everyone else watch it because, you know, a, as we enter this, you know, later 21st century, it's 2023 now, we do have events going on in this world that really have devolved into that type of warfare once again. Mm. And we're going to need to learn from what happened in World War One and trench warfare and just these mass attrition events. And it, it's going to be it's going to be part of our world once again, unfortunately. Oh, that's so and, sad to hear. And we I, my opinion is that we we owe it to, you know, those that lived it once before to just do better. And that's why I recommend everyone watch that film, because it's just going to give you a little bit more understanding of you know, what happened and what still is happening. Well, I've been scared to watch it because I, I did watch, I don't know if you um, watched They Shall Never Grow Old, the oh, yeah. Peter um, Jackson um, World War One archival movie. It was phenomenal. And that was not even, you know, real movies or color, but it was super traumatic watching all of that and hearing all of those stories. So I haven't been able to dip my toe in that all quiet on the Western front water yet. I mean, it's pretty graphic, huh? It, it was, but you know, and like I said, and I sound like a broken record here, but that's what adds to really just the, the, the violent nature of, of the world back then and the violent nature of, of things going on in our world today. Yeah. Um, it just, it adds that added level of, of humanity and allows us to connect with it just a little bit more. Um, so I, it's going to be a hard watch for you, Christian, when, yeah. <laughs> if, and when you get there. Um, but it, I, you know, like I said, I, re I recommend it just because it, it allows us to better connect with what has and what is. I appreciate that. All right. Well, mine's a lot less, mine's a little lighthearted, a lot less, uh, heavy hearted. Uh, so I want to recommend, um, db cooper uh, i think it's db cooper where are you uh i of course now i can't remember the title but it is a documentary series on netflix um i just finished it with my family it was fascinating because um i don't know that it's necessarily a top tier documentary project um because it is several episodes in 
um, maybe six. I can't really remember if Jason Rugg was here, he'd be Googling all this for me. Um, but it starts out covering the details of the D.B. Cooper story. Um, then it gets into the weeds of um, the story of the documentary people making the story. And then it kind of comes back around to uh, the actual story and other, you know, some things that might be possible with that story. So it is a, a passion story. I guess there are Cooperites out there who go to CooperCon and um, it's really um you know, this big mystery that continues to intrigue people. I'm always blown away when I find these quirky communities of um, just passionate people that dive into one subject matter to the nth degree. And uh, there were some really interesting characters in this story. So that is my recommend for this week. I mean, I'm going to watch that now. That sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, it, and it, I didn't know there were like, what, would you call them Cooperites or Cooperites something? Cooperites like is what they're called. There's, and I will tell you, the favorite everything. part for me is the opening. Like the opening is very catch me if you can. So um, this hijacking started. I mean, if people don't know who D.B. Cooper is, I can't imagine that. But if they don't, um, basically, he was a guy that um, hijacked a Northwest Airlines airplane and he asked for like $200,000 and four parachutes. He landed at an airport. Everybody got off. Um, he flew, had them take off and fly again. And he ended up jumping out of the airplane with the money. Nobody's ever found him again. They didn't find any remains. And he's just been this big mystery. Um, although this one group um, that this is doing the documentary is certain they know who he is. Uh, and then there's a very interesting part that you're really going to like because uh, they have this one um, witness that is called um, Rackstraw is his name, Bob Rackstraw. Hmm. And he was a Vietnam vet or Vietnam service member who ended up getting kicked out of the specific unit that he wanted to be in. And you have a Vietnam vet who was in that specific unit and knew Rob Rockstraw and ended up decoding this message, which, um, you know, that proved it was Rockstraw. Um, but you have everybody saying, oh, that's just confirmation bias. You're just trying to find what you want to find. So there's this argument. But truthfully, right. knowing what I know of Vietnam vets, knowing what I know about military stuff, like that was a super convincing argument to me based on who this guy Rockstraw was. So I think you will find it a little bit interesting. I mean, and it the second you throw anything Vietnam related in there, because of the activities that were going on in that you know time in, in global history, um and and some of the behind the scenes you know and i what i mean by behind the scenes i'm talking like the cia mac v sog um you know pre you know tier one unit activities uh i mean those those guys and gals are still out there and people don't realize what they did and what they can still do and so when you throw a theory like that out there i'm kind of like oh they very much so could be onto something yeah yeah, it's an interesting theory. So uh, check it out and then we can, uh, we'll see what you think. Awesome. Anyway, I really appreciate you being here. You may have to come back, uh, seeing as how we're short on hosts and guests these days. Uh, but truthfully, um, I do have a vision for making this podcast a lot more for documentary filmmakers, kind of going back to our roots, talking about um, things specific to documentary filmmakers. This one um, 
series, limited series that I have in my mind is bringing Joe Amaday on and having him talk about the top 10 things every documentary filmmaker needs to know. Um, and so I'd like to set up some more experts like that coming on and really helping us dive into to how to make a great documentary. Um, so stay tuned. I think we have some exciting things for you podcast listeners out there. Um, and do consider joining us on Patreon because that's where all the fun's going to be. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, I'm going to throw the plug in there as well because we also want to hear from the documentary filmmakers, let us know what problems you're having. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, like I think I said at the very beginning of this, I'm a, I'm a Swiss army knife on steroids in some aspects. I've done a little bit of everything and, you know, not having traditional filmmaker creative experience and then working with Christian and doing all this, this has been, you know, a, a, a light in my eye. Um, to try and solve these problems. And so, you know, we're, I'm, I'm curious to hear what other problems everyone else is experiencing. So maybe we can help you solve them, you know, as a community. Yeah, absolutely. Please chime in, whether it's writing me an email at Christian at Documentary First, uh, tagging us on any one of the socials or um, joining us on Patreon and uh, helping us, you know, do something pretty great there. So yeah, we'd really want to hear from what you want to hear. What do you want to know? What do you want to hear? Let us know. Uh, and we'll keep producing great content for you. Subscribe to us on Substack, Substack, everybody, to get these great stories that Ben and I are working on. Awesome. All right. Well, Christian, thank you for having me. This yeah, has been fun. I hope here. I get to come back. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, we hope you have a good couple of weeks, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you for listening, donating, and following along on our journey. We are supported by generous donations from people just like you. To make a donation, visit thegirlwhowarefreedom.com or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash documentaryfirst. To learn more about our other works in progress, visit documentaryfirst.com or follow Documentary First on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. This podcast was produced by Documentary First, edited and mixed by Jason Hoban, with music by Jeff Kurtenacker.